Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Art Blog Radio. I'm your host for today, Whit Lopez, and I am very, very, very thrilled to be here in the very, very nice and lovely living room of an artist from Philadelphia. This artist is larger than life and stands a cut above the rest. <laughs> and now that I've made enough of these corny puns, um, I'm going to introduce who I'm speaking with. I am here speaking with Naya, who is an absolutely amazing performing artist. Naya, in, in what I know of Naya, is an amazing dancer and choreographer and an absolutely brilliant stilt walker and stilt dancer. You may have seen Naya's work in parades and festivals and performances all around Philadelphia and in other cities as well. So I'm here speaking with Naya today and I'm super excited to get into everything that's behind Naya's work. So welcome to Art Blog Radio, Thank Naya. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for having me. Your, your house is really nice. Thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. I feel like I'm like in hosting mode a little bit. It's like you're hosting me, but I'm hosting you. And we're hosting each other. <laughs> At the same time. At the same time. It's like hosting Inception. Oh, that's beautiful. I like that. <laughs> oh my goodness. So funny. So, so Naya. Yes. Um, full disclosure, you know, full transparency. I had the pleasure of taking one of your dance classes a few weeks back, mm -hmm. and it was called Free Up Dance. Free Up, yes. Free up, free and up. I absolutely loved it. Like, I loved every moment of it. So for me, as a disabled performer, being able to actually access dance and movement spaces that are, one, wheelchair accessible, mm -hmm. that are, two, low impact on my body, on my muscles, and also where we can take breaks, where we can actually breathe, where we can drink water when we need to, is really important to me. It's really, really important. And so when I was in your class, you were like, before the class even started, you checked in with every single one of us. And you were like, does anyone have an injury or an illness that I need to be mindful of before this class starts? And that blew me away. That complete, I was just like, oh, where am I? <laughs> dance classes around the city. Mm -hmm. I will not name teachers or places <laughs> for, their, for their own, uh, you know, to be respectful. Sure. But um, there was a class that I left where I was in pain for weeks after the class. Mm -hmm. um, and the friend that I went to the class with, the two of us who went, we were both in pain mm -hmm. after that class. And, uh, and we ended up going to buy, you know, heating pads and everything. Yeah. And mind you, like, we've been, <laughs> both of us have been performing since childhood, so dance isn't something that's new to us. Mm -hmm. But, you know, as adults, we have different bodies than we had as kids when we first started. Mm -hmm. So I was really grateful that you asked if I had any in injuries mm -hmm. and if I needed to slow down, if I needed water or whatever. Um, it let me know that I was being thought about mm -hmm. and that I wasn't being left behind mm -hmm. because that's something else that happens in the performing arts is yes. that a lot of us who are disabled or who are injured, yes. we get left behind a lot. Yeah. So your free up class, it was more freeing than, than, yeah, than what I was expecting when mm -hmm. I got there. And so I'm really grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if y'all listening out there, if you follow Naya on Facebook, 
you will be able to also sign up for those dance classes and take those dance classes. They're very accessible. And Naya's a really amazing teacher. So, uh, so yeah, we're going to get into what got Naya started with dance. Tell us more. Yes. I've been thinking about this a lot. <clears throat> also, thank you for <laughs> that beautiful description of my class. Oh, no problem. Um, it's real. It's true. Um, so I was trying to think about the first time that I actually started dancing. And um, I don't know, I guess just in the house with family, um, vibing and just moving my body. Um, but I think the first official time I got really into dancing was actually <laughs> in my churches and praise dancing. And I remember... Um, like I would hit the movements too hard and they'd be like, actually, we need you to like bring it back here. <laughs> like, I think it was like a Kirk Franklin track. They were like, shackles on my feet. And I just like was really like breaking through the shackles and they were just like, actually, I'm doing hand signals right now, but they're like, actually bring it back <laughs> like to this here, please. Oh my God. Um, that's hilarious. <laughs> so that's my, one of my earliest memories of, of dancing. Um, I did take dance classes earlier on in my childhood, like ballet and things, but it just didn't really resonate with me. Um, and I always felt kind of like out of place and left out in those contexts. Um, so I'm actually not from Philly. I live in Philly, but I have lived between England, Jamaica, and Iowa. Um, wow. <clears throat> but most contexts I've had for schooling has been in predominantly white spaces. And so uh, it, it was just... A struggle for me to find how to be myself in those contexts um and so between you know the ballet tap classes when I was little praise dance in church and um <laughs> various just like recreational and community classes um that's pretty much been my dance background and just social dancing like going out with friends and dancing and just freeing up um it's been yeah, it's been really good. I don't, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I am I coming to any sort of sense about my dance movement history. Oh, I will say I will say this. So I uh, I studied physical theater movement in undergrad mm. as a way to call myself a movement artist and not a dancer because it felt less intimidating. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm a movement artist. I also think <laughs> artist. I also. <laughs> Like I'm for similar reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like less pressure. It really does. It really does. It's like choreography. No, no. It's performance art. Right. It's like yes, I do. I, I do things with my body. And there's no. There's no box or like things I have to live up to or like expectations around that. Um, and so, you know, in undergrad, I. You know, we looked at like Buster Keaton and Lucille Ball and just like different like oh, physical theater yes. things. Um, physical comedy. I yes. love it. I love it. And I love that. And I um, that really resonated with me. And when I went to um, a circus school in New Mexico where I learned how to stilt walk, we did clowning. And clowning really resonated with me just as like a mover and just finding a character that embodied what I felt like I couldn't do in my day-to-day -day life. Mm. Um, that was really, really cool. And I feel like a lot of... Um, African and Caribbean diaspora dance naturally has those like physical comedy yes, aspects without it, even it like naming does. it or like yes. <laughs> saying this is this technique, you know, it yes. just naturally is that. Exactly, and exactly. That's what I love about it. Yeah. Oh, that is wonderful. <laughs> that, is, that is so exciting. That, that's really, I'm really glad to hear all of that. <laughs> As a yes. fellow movement artist. <laughs> movement artist. Yes. No, that's really, that's really, really wonderful. 
So uh, can you talk a little bit about the concept of free up? Mm-hmm. And because I, I know we had spoken about it before <laughs> a little bit last year mm-hmm. uh, and where you kind of came up with it and what the concept means to you and what it means in your art practice. So can you talk a little bit more about why you titled your class free up and what it means to you? Yeah. Um, great question. I, so I was like, well, you, do, you free up. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> But that, I guess <laughs> that it, it, a little bit more to it than that is just um, being able to hold a space for people to come and just move their body and that's comfortable and without any inhibitions or judgment or trying to be something or follow counts or like get caught up in their head with doing it a certain way. Just the space to literally just, I'm doing hand motions, free up. Um, <laughs> And uh, there's a house dance quote. I don't remember where it, it, the the speaker of it, but says um, basically when you go into a house dance floor, you check your body at the door. So it's just mm. like your spirit, like moving. And I I hope that's somewhat of what I can cultivate in free up dance. Wow, um, that's wonderful. Yeah, I really really like that quote. I'm like, yes, I exactly. Like yeah. I was like, exactly, exactly, <laughs> exactly yeah. that. Like just just check our bodies at the door. Um, and I originally started free up because I didn't see the space for myself. And I believe in just like there's so much that can happen in community with other people and moving our bodies. Yeah. Um, and yes. I was like, well, I guess I'll just like make the space. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, it was it was a learning curve. I'm not going to lie, because when I first um, introduced the class, I was like, well, it seemed like a lot of people thought it was like a Zumba class. And I was like, mm. you know, I really, I like Zumba for what it is, but this is, this is not Zumba. And so I didn't know how <laughs> to say it, baby. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Which is interesting in itself because some people will come to class and they're like, you know, like, tell me what to, like, tell me, yeah. count, tell me like the exact things, tell me the yeah. counts, tell me like, yeah. and I'm like, actually, yeah. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> I'm a whole space for you to like yeah. move within like the parameters and yeah. the music and songs we're working with, but I'm not going to tell you how to move. Yeah. Like that's, you already had that language within your body. Yeah. Um, and so Wonderful. just finding a way to talk about it in a way that's friendly for social media and advertising, <laughs> but also um, in a way that feels authentic and um, true to what it actually is, has been very interesting. It's been about a year and a half since I've offered it, and it's still evolving and changing. Um, but I, I really, really enjoyed the process of creating it and cultivating it. I'm in the process of writing a manifesto for it. Yes. Um, okay, manifesto. Yes, manifesto. <laughs> yes. Um, which also feels natural for the way my artistic practices because I feel like writing and movement for me go hand in hand. Um, like I'm always doing some sort of journaling or scribing or poetry writing. Um, and it always is partnered with my performance and dance practice as well. Um, so yeah, those are the things about free up. <laughs> what else? What, what am I forgetting? No, that's, I think that's wonderful. I think it's really, really <laughs> wonderful. Um, in the class, like I felt, it felt really great. Like it felt very freeing and I definitely didn't feel like I was being held to dance standards and performance standards. Like, you know, I've, I've been in the classes where it's like five, six, seven, eight, Mm -hmm. and then you have to be on it and you have to be on it. You have to be on every single beat has to be right. Or everybody in the class is doing it over again. You know, (laughs) you know, I grew up in those kind of movement spaces. Um, 
And so I'm glad that it wasn't that, that mm-hmm. I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like there was a burden on me mm. to be the most perfect performer in the class mm. and that there wasn't a burden on every other person in the class who was there to be the most perfect performer in the class. Mm-hmm. And we could all do what we could do. Mm-hmm. And also the constant check-ins, mm-hmm. super, super important. Because sometimes, you know, you come in there and you're like, I'm ready to go. And then halfway through the class, you're like, I lied to <laughs> well, myself. Actually. <laughs> well, actually. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So so I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And even how you said, like, someone came and was like, you got to give me the counts. Because it's how we're socialized, mm-hmm. you know, in movement to be like, we have to rely on those counts. We have to rely on everything that the teacher says. Mm-hmm. And so for you to create this space where it's not only up to you as a teacher to be like this is what I want us to do but it's also mm-hmm. up to each of us as individuals mm-hmm. to understand our autonomy in the space mm-hmm. and also that we have ownership over our bodies to do what we can do yes. instead of like trying to force ourselves to do something that we might not be able to do yes so thank you so much that's oh, really welcome. it's really really great <laughs> it's it's a breath of fresh air oh thank you Thank you for giving that feedback, too, because sometimes I'm, like, cultivating the space, and I'm like, I don't know how this <laughs> comes off to the world, but that's this is real. my intention, so that's, that's helpful to hear. No, definitely, definitely. Um, so, outside of dance, or not yes. even outside of dance, because yeah. it's still, it still is a movement practice, mm-hmm. but you're also a stilt walker, and you mentioned that you learned it at a clowning school in New Mexico. Yeah, right? circus school. Cir- yeah. Circus school, excuse mm-hmm. me, not clowning school, I lied. How dare you? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. You don't have to be kidding, it's no, okay. No, no, because it's all within the same, you know, area of artistry. Um, so I... So I was living in Iowa at the time, um, and I was in my undergrad program, predominantly white school, just like really struggling and finding my place in the theater program because I was studying theater. Um, There's just certain things that popped up that like that didn't resonate with my spirit. That's all I'll leave it at because I like, I could really just rerun these experiences, but I'm I'm moving through that. Um, that's real. That's real. And so I was just looking for an experience where I could just be myself. Mm. Um, and I saw this video of someone doing aerials, like trapeze, and I was like, oh, the fact that you could do, like, be strong and graceful yes. at the same yes. time, I was like, I want to try that. Like, how do I get into that? And so um, I found this program in New Mexico called Y School in New Mexico, and it's called BUST. And it's a summer-long program that is for um, women and non-binary folks 17 to like 75 wow. to do trapeze, unicycling, stilts, oh, tight wire rope. It, listen, <laughs> I'm moving to New Mexico. Right? <laughs> like a complete shift in everything. Like going to that school completely changed everything for me in no, my that's life. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And I just went like thinking I was going to be like this trapeze artist. I was like, this is the thing I am doing. Like I'm excited about this. And then stilts. Like I have a fear of heights. Side note: Like everyone's always like, "Oh, you must, you you must love heights," and I'm like, "Actually, <laughs> catch me on an escalator <laughs> in New York," and I'm like, right, right. Yeah, "The complete uh, opposite." Yeah, yeah, but there's something about stilts, like being on stilts and just dancing specifically on stilts, that created this present moment for me that was just honestly a spiritual experience. Like I don't know wow. how else to put it. Wow. Like I just. Felt like I was in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing, and it just completely aligned. Um, and so I've been doing that for seven years. <laughs> that is beautiful. Yeah, that is really, really beautiful. Thank and you. honestly, like, 
I think the first time, the first time I saw you, you weren't actually in performance. Mm. I saw you in a set of photos that was done by local artist Eva Wu. Yeah, shout out. And I saw those and my mind was blown. Like mm. literally, I was just like, who is this? Mm. What is going on? <laughs> what is this performance? Like I, I was completely drawn in. You were, I think you were standing in the middle of a lot, mm -hmm. like a grassy lot against the brick wall yeah. with like, was the outfit blue? It was like um, solid blue, I think. Yeah, yeah. The one solid blue. blue. Yeah, mm -hmm. and your face was covered. Mm -hmm. So I couldn't see if you had a scarf over your head. So I couldn't yeah. see your face. And I was just like, what is this performance? Mm -hmm. I need to know what this performance is. And so for me, coming from like a, so, you know, Africana studies, anthropology, kind of whatever background, like I see a lot of like African diaspora performances, mm -hmm. right? And so, so many of them include like masquerade, mm -hmm. right? And this mask component. And so I was like, well, who is this performer and what is the meaning behind yeah. their performance? And is it a spiritual performance? Yeah. Because also, right, we see a lot of mass performers within spiritual performances too throughout the African diaspora. So I was completely drawn into those photos and I was like, I have to know more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was, that was a really amazing photo set. Like, Oh, all props you. to you and, and to Eva. Yeah, to yes, Eva, yeah. Eva, absolutely. Really capturing those it, moments. Yes, it yeah. was amazing. Yeah, so you, you. you are a brilliant artist. You're really doing the thing. Thank you. But um, so you said that stilts drew you in. Yeah. But we've also had conversations about like stilts within the African diaspora. Yes. And yes. so how do you see your practice as also being part of like your identity as someone living within the African diaspora? Yeah, yeah. Well, when I left uh, New Mexico, I went back to Iowa. <laughs> I was like, no stilts, no trapeze, no nothing. <laughs> I was like, like what, what do I do now? And I literally, yeah, I literally was like, I don't know what to do now. And so uh, I went on the internet <laughs> and I just started looking up stilt walking traditions around the world. Mm. And for me, I'm always uh, tying my art art making and artistic practice to my identity. So my identity um, being, you know, Jamaican, my identity being feminine a woman, my identity being, you know, of the diaspora. And so I found uh, Moko Jumbi and the Brooklyn Jumbies. Mm. Um, and I, I'm sure there was like little events in between leaving Iowa and going, coming to Philly, but I basically decided I was going to apply to this physical theater program in Philly, but really I needed an excuse to leave Iowa. But that, that felt like a grounded and like logical reason. I'm like, I'm going to apply to this school and this is the thing. And then I just never went back to Iowa. And so I uh, came for the interview with like my carry-on and uh, like that was the thing. And then because it was so close to New York, I was like, I have to see like Brooklyn Jumbies and like Moko Jumbie in mm. action. And so when I was in Iowa, I was talking with my mentor, Ali Sylvester, who's um, a Trinidadian. And he was telling me about the tradition of Moko Jumbie in Trinidad and through the Caribbean. And when I went to New York and saw them just walking through the streets, <laughs> like taking yeah. up space unapologetically, yes. like yes. free, like like the epitome of free. Absolutely. Just like stepping over stuff with like no yes. care in the world. Yes. I was like, yes. <laughs> I was like, but that's how I felt when I was first on the stilts in New Mexico. I was like, this, like to see it embodied on a black body, for lack of a better phrasing. Um, I was like, yes, like this is, this is what I connected to. So um, for me, uh, connecting and understanding the history and the lineage of stilt walking from West Africa into the Caribbean and then the 
mythology and folklore around that has been a huge part of my understanding of stilt walking and my stilt walking practice. Uh, so Ali Sylvester, shout out to him, Brooklyn Jumbies, <laughs> and uh, Julio, who's out of Guyana, both taught me about the spiritual and cultural aspects mm. of stilt walking in the Caribbean. And um, even coming to terms to addressing like being a woman on stilts, because a lot of pe and people that I encountered Actually, <laughs> I got a lot of like pushback from people within the African diaspora about being a woman and what it meant to not be like initiated into a specific tradition being on stilts. Mm. Um, it didn't come up a lot, but enough to where I felt kind of uneasy or like maybe I shouldn't at times. Wow. Um, but that didn't last long because <laughs> here I am. <laughs> but I, it did make me wonder and like question like what is my intention and why am I doing this and what is my place and what does it mean to take up space and be unapologetic and being this in-between space. Um, Absolutely. So Absolutely. I have always have a lot of questions in my practice, always a lot of like searching and finding out more information. And um, I'm grateful for continuous learning. Um, and so I feel like my, my personal practice isn't of a specific tradition or I wouldn't even call it Moko Jumbi. It's like truly Naya and just my, hey. yeah, like how I've caught Yeah. <laughs> It's like what what it has become for me, and, and when when I teach it, and when I share it with other people, I say, you know, walking on stilts is literally a shift in perspective. Like mm. you have no choice but to change your like shift your mindset, shift your physical like landscape, and um, take up the space in between. Like it's an in between space, and it's a shift in perspective, and it all of that together just is a part of. <laughs> what I do on stilts like I don't it's so weird to like try and put into words what it is but it just is <laughs> yeah, it just is yeah um it's I don't know if you would have asked me seven years ago like what <laughs> will you be walking on stilts and like <laughs> living your best life still walking <laughs> like maybe perhaps <laughs> but not really I don't think I don't even have like an earliest memory of when I first saw a stilt walker. Like because stilt walking wasn't even in like my frame of mind mm. um, until I was on stilts myself. Like it just felt natural. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? It makes absolutely okay, sense. Okay, so that that's so amazing. Like I really love this story and just you coming into it, but then also you exploring it and then reaching back toward your roots your cultural roots, mm -hmm. right, in the Caribbean, and then also bringing that into your practice, and also acknowledging your gender and mm -hmm. how that plays a role in tradition, but also in kind of breaking tradition, too, mm -hmm. finding your place in it yeah. for yourself. So that's really cool. Thank you for Thank sharing you. that. Yeah. The other thing, so you, you mentioned uh, that folks had said you weren't initiated into any practice. Mm -hmm. So when you say initiation, do you mean initiation like in a spiritual sense or initiation in and more of like a, a cultural sense? Um, more so a spiritual sense. So um, within the West African tradition and certain other traditions in the African diaspora, you have to be initiated to, into the practice of traditional masquerade dancing on stilts. And so a lot of times when um, I encounter different folks just at being at festivals or different things, sometimes I get a look of shock from maybe like elders or people who think maybe I shouldn't be up on stilts um, mm. just because they're used to seeing stilt walkers, especially black stilt walkers or stilt walkers in the African and Caribbean diaspora in a certain context. And it's a 
uh, traditional context. And so usually if, if I have time when I'm up on stilts, I'm like, actually, that's not what I'm doing. Like, I'm like, <laughs> right, like what does it look like to have that conversation yeah. like as I'm <laughs> like walking around the space? Um, and so, yeah, it's specifically a, a spiritual, a spiritual and, and cultural, like there, I feel like there's a natural overlap oh, of, of the two. Absolutely. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would say I don't encounter it a whole lot, but it, it's good to keep in mind because sometimes I receive reactions that I'm not sure why. It's mm. interesting the, the range of reactions that I receive um, from like elder women who are like, I used to do that when I was little. Or like, it makes me feel so good to see you up there, like taking up space. Oh, that's beautiful. Um, and that makes me feel like, you know, like, yes, like we out here, like we <laughs> like this is for you. These steps I'm taking are for you. Um, Absolutely. To um, actually on a, like another end of the spectrum, like being catcalled while I'm on stilts, which is very bizarre. What? Because <laughs> that's very bizarre. It's very, very, very bizarre. Even if I'm not, um, which has made me go back and forth around. So personally, like there are certain contexts in which I cover my face and certain contexts in which I don't cover my face. So at festivals and things like that, I traditionally don't cover my face um, just because I feel like it just doesn't resonate for me to cover my face in those contexts with like the, the amount of people there and a lot of things that are going on there. Um, whereas a more intentional, like ritual performance, I would cover my face. Mm. Now, to be clear, it's not of a specific tradition or um, spiritual practice. It's my own like journey and what I'm I'm doing. So I'm not embodying a specific like deity or like again spiritual tradition. It's just something that's personal to me. Um, and I just feel like naturally, cr being creative and art making is spiritual. Absolutely, um, and so. I kind of just gauge it on what I'm processing through whatever performance or space that I'm in. And a lot of festival type outdoor events, I'm not engaging in that aspect of it. Um, and so sometimes I think about that when, when um, I'm catcalled, I'm like, if my face was covered, would you be catcalling? Mm, like the, wow. the an anonymous aspect of it. Um, right, right. And on the other end of that, I do still have adults and youth who are afraid of my presence, like being around them. They're like, get away from me. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you are, what you're oh, doing. No. Um, and that's very interesting to me, too, because I'm like, how do I personify myself really quickly and say, I just want to like ease past this way. <laughs> like, don't mind me. <laughs> like, see, I'm just like, here's my arms and my legs, just a little bit taller. Um and so, like, how to, I, my natural inclination is wanting to respond or, like, have a conversation on stilts, like, in these contexts, but it's not always possible to do all of that, um, especially depending on what, you know, what, what performance or process I'm a part of. Um, but it's interesting. I, I take note of each reaction and, you know, just ask questions or wonder, like, where it might come from or in what ways, um... Yeah, how it's connected to taking up space unapologetically. Hmm. Yeah. Sense. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And I feel like the concept of taking up space is sometimes can be difficult as mm. black artists. Yeah. Because we find ourselves in a world where we're constantly being uh, 
controlled mm-hmm. you know like our blackness is controlled our bodies are controlled and so that it's like within our art practice like how much do we carry that being controlled into our practice and then being afraid to take up space mm-hmm. within art spaces or within spaces that welcome the art yeah so so I love that your practice is about taking up space so much of your practice is about taking space not just on being not just being on stilts but also with movement too and using movement to take up space as well and to manipulate the space around you. Yeah. So I, I absolutely love that. Thank you. I love that. I feel like it's it's subversive, but it's also very welcoming. Yeah. Very welcoming. So thank you mm-hmm. for that. Thank you. It's really, really amazing. So what do you have anything on the horizon? You don't have to give out any secrets. You know, oh. if, you're, if you're like, oh, I'm working on a super secret project, that's okay. It can stay a secret. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, if you have any shows that you would like us to come I to. Do. If you, you know, have any uh, dance classes that you would like us to come to, please let us know the dates, times, or where we can find those dates and times. Yes. As a matter of fact, I do. So <laughs> I, so my next performance is July 10th at Bartram's Garden, um, and it is a lecture performance Q&A type space in which I'm performing two uh, pieces that involve puppetry, my first time incorporating puppetry on stilts, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, it's gonna be I'm live. excited too. I love puppetry. Yeah. Continue, continue, yeah, yes. please. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> and just going back to um, basically what we've been talking about today, investigating um, what change in self and society and in relationship to others looks like, but embodying it on stilts. Um, and just like... Um, Ritual performance as far as what um, healing looks like mm. um, in community. And to be honest, uh, preparing for a performance is always really interesting to me because it's, I don't know about you, but it doesn't feel, at least in school, it felt like, okay, you have the set time, like you create a piece or whatever and you present it on this date, but it feels, it feels like, the answers or the process pop up when they appear. So like this performance is in two weeks and I like, it's all put together, but it might change and fluctuate depending on (laughs) what's happening, what's going, what's moving, shaking. Um, And so my struggle to put some of it into words is, is, is that, that it's, it, what's appearing is appearing (laughs) throughout the process, the creative process. But that, that is the, um, a nice summary of what, what it is. That's July 10th, 7 o'clock, Bartram's Garden. Um, and then if you want any more information about p- upcoming performances, I am at Naya Moves on Facebook and Instagram. That's at N-A-Y-A Moves, M-O-V-E-S, on Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then I have my weekly class free up on Mondays, uh, be sure to check in on social media because sometimes location or dates might fluctuate as well. But um, those are the the two things going on in my life and artistic practice. That's wonderful. <laughs> I, it really is. Like, I'm, I'm super excited. I'm very, very excited for you that you have these performances coming up, that you are Thank just you. out here doing your thing, freeing up, Thank helping you. other people free up. Hey. <laughs> And just, you know, taking up space and using space, time, and energy as you need to. So thank you very much thank for you. joining me today yes, thank on you. our blog radio. Hey. <laughs> Sorry, I feel like your hype person here, like as we're, as we're closing. <laughs> yep, air horn. 
<laughs> very, very exciting talk. Thank you so much for joining me and talking about your art practice. It's absolutely wonderful. And thank you for letting us use your beautiful living room yeah, no problem. For, for to record this uh, episode. And uh, many thanks to those of you who are out there listening to Art Blog Radio. If you're not listening to it through our website, you can also listen to it on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Thank you very much for tuning in and have a great day. Bye, y'all.